Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. I'm Charlie Hinderletter, Director of Government Affairs for St. Louis Realtors. With me today is Sandy Hancock, 2016 President of St. Louis Realtors and broker owner of Remax Results. Sandy, thanks for being here today. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Glad to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about the basics of financial management as a real estate agent, including wealth building and needs for retirement. Sandy, tell us why that's important for our members. Oh, Charlie, it's so important. Our our agents work so hard day to day, taking care of their clients and helping their clients build wealth. And what we need to do is help them make sure that they have systems in place so that they can build wealth too. Fantastic. Well, let's start by digging in to the financial basics. Where does an agent start? Yeah, there are some basics. I mean, first, think of your business as a business. So often we think of our commission check as our paycheck, and it's really not your paycheck. It's the income to your business. And so what you want to do right from the beginning is set up a separate bank account just for your business. Some people also have a separate tax account that they use to put money in to save for their quarterly taxes. But get that separate bank account set up. And then think of your business as a business. What's the plan for this year? You know, what are your sources of business going to be? Where are you going to get the revenue from your business? And what are the expenses going to be? So after you have a written plan, then you can take that number, your profit, and come up with a paycheck. Now, a paycheck is an unusual concept for an independent 1099 you know, employee, but it's one that you should do. You should think of yourself both as the owner of your business and as an employee. So your income goes into your business account and you know what your profit should be for the year and reduce that by a little and take a monthly amount that you could pay yourself. That's a fantastic tip. So talk to us a little bit more about why that matters in terms of kind of how an agent lives their life. Well, what you know, you think of, well, there's this roller coaster of income, you know, up and down. We have good months, bad months, good years, bad years. And it seems on the surface like that might be a disadvantage. But really, the way I look at it is it's a huge advantage because what you want to do is force yourself to look at the minimum monthly amount that you need to live on. What's the budget that you need for groceries, for your car payment, for your mortgage? and then pay yourself on the first of each month that amount. And so you earn X, but you're paying yourself Y, and you're leaving the rest of the money in your business account. And that does so many good things for you. It it forces savings. So right away, you've got money that covers you in the down months, right? It's a cushion, but it also gives you the savings that it allows you to invest in your net worth. So you're not spending everything you get. And our counterparts that are W-2 and get a paycheck, so often they forget about those savings and investment opportunities and they spend everything they get. In our world, we can't do that because we don't really earn the same amount, you know, each month. And if we pay ourselves a paycheck, then we can have automatic savings plan built in for the remainder. That roller coaster analogy is just fantastic. It's just a great visual. So what does that mean for part-time realtors? 
Well, part-time realtors, I mean, you really have to think now, are you planning to go full-time? Are you planning to eventually quit your job and go full-time? Then my advice to you is don't spend any of the money. You're living on your paycheck now from your job. Continue to live on it. Then work part-time, build your business, and put the money in your business account. So when you're ready to go full-time, you have that money set aside and you can continue to pay yourself a paycheck. So there's something else I wanted to mention about just that business account and the extra money you have. Along with deciding how much to pay yourself as a paycheck, I would also make a list of everything else that you want to accomplish. Is it a vacation? Is it paying off a debt? Down payment on a house, a car, a rental property? Make a list of those things because you know that whatever you don't put in your to your paycheck to spend each month, then you have that money available for those big rock items that are the most important things in your life. And the money just isn't arbitrarily spent, but it's saved for those really important things that are going to make a difference for you. Well, anytime anybody makes a budget, and this certainly uh, is true in the government world too, uh, it's priorities. That's what it's all about. It's setting out what's most important. And so let's pivot then towards growing your net worth. Once somebody's got this established, they've got the basics under control, what's next? So what's next is really um, starting to measure net worth. And a lot of people will say in business, if you don't measure it, you're not going to change it. So the first thing to do is get a spreadsheet, get some notebook paper, however you want to do it, make a list of your assets and then make a list of your liabilities. So an asset is anything you own, your house, your car, not the shoes in your closet. I don't think those are really gonna provide you any income when you retire, but anything that's of um, value in terms of your IRA accounts or your investments, um, your rental property, and then make a list of all the loans that you have, any debt, your credit cards, car loans, and so forth. And the difference between those is your net worth. So your assets minus your liabilities is your net worth. And I would do that quarterly. I would always know what my net worth is. Some people, when they do their net worth for the first time, they find out that it's negative. That's okay. You know, maybe you don't own a home and you have a credit card balance. Well, those two things together would be a negative net worth. But it's important to know where you are. And then once you know where you are in terms of your net worth, you can see the progress. And over time, your assets will go up, your liabilities can go down, and your net worth will grow. And that's the important part about it, knowing where you start, then focusing on it for the future. Setting that baseline is always important in any project. So once somebody set a baseline, where do they go from there? Yeah, well, then you can really think about, now, how am I going to grow my net worth? And of course, that's the money you've left in your business account and not spent day to day. What am I going to do with it? Well, one thing you could consider doing is putting 15% of your profits into your retirement and into your investments. And that that would be an excellent way to start. And basically, 15% is a number that will allow you to fund a retirement at the same income level that you're at now. 
if you always say 15%, then that 15% should allow you to live at the same level when you retire. So start with that. Always fund your IRAs if you can. It depends on what your income level is, whether or not you can make an IRA contribution, but I would definitely make an IRA IRA contribution if I could. And if I could do a Roth instead of a traditional, I definitely would do a Roth. So then beyond that, we have hopefully these savings that we aren't spending. And in the world of real estate, we don't see a great deal every day, but we see a great deal every year. You know, you'll be talking to uh, an estate or you'll, you'll see an REO, you'll Um, talk to a neighbor who just wants to sell their property and not put it on the MLS and not deal with showings. Sometimes you'll see a property on the MLS. That'll be a great deal. And because you have the money set aside, you have financial relationships with, you know, our, um, with our lenders that we work with every day then we can take that opportunity that only we would have because we're real estate agents and use it to our benefit. And so you may not be able to start with rental property in your first year in business, but by continuing to set money aside, you'll have that 20% down for an investment property, or maybe you'll move into a two-family or four-family as your first home, right? And use the FHA minimum down loan to get investment property and live there. So you want to think about that because all the real estate that we can invest in, that's leveraged. That's going to impact your net worth, Um, so quickly. And you don't think about it the first year, but in the fifth year, you're like, wow, the property's gone up in value. The loan's gone down. My net worth is twice what it was before, or maybe it's positive now and it wasn't, you know, prior. So just adding one piece of real estate or two pieces of real estate to what you do in life will significantly impact your net worth when you get to retirement. So our members are already experts or becoming experts in real estate, how do they get those specific skills that are going to be important if they want to invest in property themselves? Oh, Charlie, there's quite a few different ways to do that. I mean, you could join investment groups, um, other people that want to invest in real estate. You can uh, take CE classes that are Um, geared towards investment property. I think there's a GRI class, a CRS class that's focused on um, investment and how, how to do that. So as you grow your knowledge to help your investor clients, you're also growing your knowledge to help yourself. And that's a great way, you know, to move forward and then know the right property for yourself because you're sort of thinking of yourself as both the real estate agent in that case and the client, right? So uh, what would be the best property for me? You definitely want to get the education. Fantastic. Okay, so they've got the basics. They've started to grow their net worth. Now it's time to focus on retirement and making sure that they've got a comfortable retirement. What should realtors be looking at as they look ahead towards retirement? Okay, well, retirement's one of those things that should always be in the back of your mind, but not something that you worry about every day. You want to continue to work on your net worth and growing your net worth, and that's going to be 
the thing that you focus on that's going to get you to retirement. But how do you even know how much you would need when you retire? So what you want to think about is how much money do you need each year to live on now? Is it 60000 Well, they used to say you would need 80% of what you need now, you know, in the, when you retire, but times have changed and people actually have more needs now because they're retiring healthier and they have more interest. So you want to at least consider the same amount of income that you have now for when you retire. So let's just take a number like 60,000. Then what you would do next is take any income that you know you'll have if you have Social Security, you could subtract that from the 60 because you won't need that. If you have a rental property, you could assume by the time you retire that rental property might be paid off. So you could maybe use an estimate of eight or nine months rent to assume that that's the amount of income you would get from that rental property. And you can subtract those cash flow items you already know that you have from the amount that you're going to need. And after that, you have what's left, right? Well, again, as a real estate agent, we have quite an opportunity. And that is, wow, what if we needed a part-time job in retirement? What could that job be? Well, of course, we could still be a real estate agent, right? So we can scale back our activities to pay the additional amount we need. But we don't want to rely on that because we don't know. There's so many times where there's a family member who's sick and we're the one taking care of them, or perhaps we're sick and we're not gonna be able to work, or maybe we don't want to, which I'm sure after all the years of hard work as a real estate agent, many of us are not gonna wanna work in retirement. So we just have to think, how do we achieve the rest of the money that we need? How much is that? Well, in my case, let's just, by example, let's just say it's 40,000. We need 40,000 more a year that we won't be getting from Social Security or we won't be getting maybe from a rental property or a pension. So you take that amount, multiply it by 25, and that's about the number that you need. And if it's 40,000, you multiply it by 25, that's a million. And it adds up to be a lot more money than we think it's going to be, right? <laughs> but we, you have to know that when you retire, you can only take out 3 to 4% each year of the money you've saved. So above your you know, cash flow, you can only take 3 to 4% out. So if you have a million dollars, 40000 is about the number you can take out when you turn 65 and have that money last. So we want to think, how do we you know, always be thinking, how are we going to work towards that? What are we going to do to get to that number? And the other, it's sort of the bad news here. The bad news is we also have to adjust the number for inflation, right? And so if it's maybe 20, they say there's a rule of 72. If inflation's 3%, the number is gonna double in 24 years. So if you're 24 years from retirement, you need a million today, well, you'll really need two million when you get there. But it turns out to be easier than it looks and you definitely don't wanna not start because it seems intimidating. When you start, 
the things will multiply and they'll be working with you. So you'll be working in the field selling properties, but the money you've invested, that'll be working for you. If you bought a rental property, that'll be working for you. And all those things together will help you retire when you get to the point. Absolutely. Those early dollars are so critical because they're going to have the most time to be able to build upon themselves, uh, whether that's in an IRA or property or whatever that is. That's absolutely right, Charlie. And that leads me to my final thought and the tip of the week. And that is just about Roth conversions. So we have an opportunity to put money in an IRA. Whenever we can put it in a Roth, we definitely want to do that. But some of us make more than the limits allowed to put money in, which is good news. But what you're not limited from doing is in any calendar year, you can convert money in a traditional IRA to a Roth. And the deadline is not April 15th when you pay your taxes, it's December 31st. So get with your financial advisor and ask them because as we go through this roller coaster of good years, bad years, good years, bad years, in the bad years, we could actually move money from our traditional to our Roth, pay the taxes, but then have all that money accumulating tax-free that we could take out tax-free when we retire. And I think all of us think taxes are going to be higher in the future. So it's a huge benefit. And actually, it plays into the fact that we do have uneven income and we do have good years and not as good years. So we want to use that as a benefit to us to move that money into our Roth. So that's my final tip. And um, I hope everybody can latch on to something that we talked about and, and grow their net worth. Sandy, that is a fantastic tip to end on. And this has been a great conversation about the basics of how you conduct your business, how you grow your net worth and how you look ahead for retirement. Thank you so much for being with us today. I totally enjoyed it. Thanks, Charlie. Danielle Finley, and this is Realtor Party Talk, a brief segment with members like you discussing advocacy issues in the importance of the Realtor Political Action Committee, or RPAC. Joining me today is Erica Willis with Evergreen Residential Realty. Why is advocacy important to you? Advocacy is very important to me because we wouldn't be able to accomplish the many goals that have been put before us if we weren't our brother's keeper, so to speak. And that's what advocacy means to me, is that we're looking at issues that affect us um, collectively and work together to work through them progressively. And we have to have advocacy in order to do that. You just listened to Realtor Party Talk. Thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.